0: But tonight, I want to speak on the topic of generosity. and I find it quite hard this morning because I nearly went into this talk rather in the morning talk. I was trying to rein myself in. But tonight, I want to talk about um, having a change in, in mindset for some of us, um, so that uh, change in mindset that says that generous people give to see the impossible become possible. So generous people have a mindset, so they give, they give back to God or they give, in order for God to do the impossible. So that could be with your finances. It could be with the giftings that you have. It could be just through your kindness. But we just, in a sense, we use what God's given us in faith to see the miraculous happen. So that's where we're going tonight. And I want to look at a miracle tonight that's recorded in all four Gospels. So there's, there's actually very few miracles that are in every Gospel But the feeding of the 5,000 is in in all four, which should alert us to something. But before we look at it, it's good to have some kind of context. So in the Gospels of Matthew and Mark, the author places the feeding of the 5,000 after the beheading of, uh, of, um, of John the Baptist. So what we see is, we see Herod behead John the Baptist. And then we see John's disciples come, and they took his body away And they buried it. And then they went and told Jesus what happened. And you can imagine, um, John and Jesus were very close. I mean, they were cousins. And they would have played together. And John had a greater understanding of Jesus' mission than just probably about anyone at that point. Even greater than a lot of those in his family who believed at some point that he was nuts. And so John would have been very close to Jesus. This would have been a very just painful thing for jesus to hear that his cousin his 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 partner in crime in a sense had been beheaded and we learn in in matthew account and in mark he says that jesus withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place he he looks to give himself time to mourn john's death but we know what happens don't we it says it in Matthew, it says, Yet we're told that on hearing of this, not hearing of John the Baptist's death, but on hearing that Jesus had withdrawn to a private place, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed, they saw a large, he saw a large crowd. He had compassioned them and healed the sick. Now there are two two generous acts in this miracle that I want to look at. And they teach us something about as we are generous with what God has given us, we see the impossible become possible. So let, let's get into this account. So as we read in Matthew, uh, in verse 13 of, of chapter 14, it says this, When Jesus heard what happened, he withdrew by boat, private to, to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. And when Jesus landed and saw the large crowd, he had compassion in them and healed the sick. So the first thing we learn in this passage about the impossible coming possi- poss- a possibility through generosity is through Jesus offering time. He offers his time. So he, he's mourning, and you know it would have been easy for, for Jesus to tell the disciples, just get rid of them. But no, he sees them, and he had his compassion on them. And and let's remember what compassion means. Compassion means that you don't just see a need, but you act upon that need. So you don't just walk past and go, oh, that's interesting, someone's fallen over. Oh, that must be terrible. But you say, oh, someone's fallen over, and you go and you help them. That's compassion, where you see the need and then you act upon it. And Jesus was in deep mourning, and he'd retired by boat to a solitary place, with his closest friends, yet he sees their distress. He has compassion on them to heal the sick. And that's why they were distressed, because they are bringing their loved ones, they're bringing their friends to be healed by Jesus. They're distressed. And they want, they know that if they come to Jesus, they'll be healed. And Jesus has a choice here. Does he go with heaven or does he... Just say, not a chance. And he gives his time. He gives his time. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion and he healed the sick. The challenge is for us, I think, that we often see a need, don't we? We see a need and we think, hmm? But then, for some reason, we keep walking. And we often miss an opportunity to move in faith, to be generous, and allow heaven to invade. One of the things I I, I, I love to do is uh, to take people who have never been on a treasure hunt before, on treasure hunts. If you've never been on a treasure hunt, what you do is you fill out... you. You basically, you have this form with like names, places, locations, uh, clothes, what God wants to do. And you ask the Holy Spirit and then you just write down what you feel. And then you get, get your form and you look and you say, okay, it looks like we should go to a coffee house. And, then, and so anyway, so I had taken one of my friends who, and he was a bit like, not sure about this. I said, come on, this is going to be really fun. This is going to be really fun. We're going to see heaven invade earth as we just give this time. And so uh, he was like, I needed to twist his arm. But anyway, we we filled out the form. We were in Glasgow of all places. Uh, We'd gone through for a conference and we were early, so we thought we'd do a treasure hunt. Anyway, so we went to this coffee house. And on, I mean, it was incredible. There was this woman and everything matched one of the descriptions. I mean, every single category, she was there. And the, f- the last one was funny, because we had uh, someone speaking in a funny language, and she, I couldn't understand, she was from, I don't even know where she was from, but it was a language I'd never heard from. I mean, it just fit the bill. And so we went up to him. and we said, hey, we're on a treasure hunt, and we're just wondering, we've got some clues here, we we're wondering, you know, you, uh, it had big hair, and she had big hair, so I said, oh, you don't mind, big hair. <laughs> Uh, she big earrings, yeah, these massive earrings, big earrings, you know, spotty top, there it is, like this. And then it was, and then we, we had to apologize this speaking in funny language. And I said, I'm really sorry, I'm not, you know, like I said, you're on you're you're our treasure. And I said and she was like, No, like this. And, uh, and uh, I said, are any of these, my friend had given up by this stage, but I wasn't. And so I said, are any of these, you know, have you got a sore neck, have you got this, and, like, nuh, 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 and my mate was just going, look, quit, or oh, you're not going to. And I was like, no, 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 we're on this. This is." And, uh, and it was, she was having none of it. And so I said, well, I hope, uh, you know, hope you have a good day, bless you. And she just smiled and said, morons, you know, go away, they like you. But anyway, We tried. <laughs> So anyway, we regrouped, we had a coffee, and the next place that I thought we should go was George Square. And there was this particular corner of George Square where there was a bench and there were some flowers and there, were, there was a hedge. And as we got there, we saw this girl who exactly, the, the second kind of bit, she matched it, she matched everything on the second bit. And uh, so we went up to her and said, again, we're on a treasure hunt, you know, and these are the clues. And you look, these are all things that match, you know. She's going, isn't that really? What? You know, she was asking us, what is this? She's like this, and, and then she, and I said, well, are there any of the things that are on this, this last bit, like, um, you know, sore knees, stiff neck? She goes, oh, I've got a really stiff neck, I was like, oh, that's wonderful. I said, well, we're actually Christians and we're just here and we wonder if we could pray for you for healing. And she went, well, I'm a Roman Catholic. I went, oh, that's great. And, uh, I sa- and she said, but I haven't been to church for a while. I said, oh, this sounds like it's going to be a confession, you know? So, anyway, so I said, could we just pray for healing for you? And she went, you know, give it your best shot. So so we said, that's great. And my mate was like, so I said, come on, like this. So, uh, so then we, we prayed and I mean, Annette was healed. And she was like, what is this? I said, well, that's just God. I mean, God led us to you. You're his treasure because he loves you. And she was like, wow. And I say, you know, Jesus really loves you. Do you ever think about Jesus? She was like, well, not really. I said, well, we're here today to remind you that Jesus loves you. I think you should. Jesus really wants to get hold of you and for you to live for him. And, uh, and then I stupidly said, do you, I think you should go to church. I was like, oh, well, no, that's no, no, Anyway, but anyway, it was amazing. We just gave our time, and we met this girl. And by following the Spirit of God, he did something we couldn't do. And it was just incredible. And as we give our time to God, he does the remarkable. He does the impossible. I was, um, I was at the Royal on Thursday, um, and we'd obviously had uh, Gwen Harris's funeral. So I was like deep in thought of some stuff, and then I, there were some other issues. And I, was, I got out of the car, and I was like, right, I've got to text this. And I was trying to sort this issue out. And then I heard this voice, hello. And I looked up, and I was like oh my goodness. And he was a guy who was now a lot older who I'd worked with. He was a teenager when I was in Wester Hills. And he had come from another country. He was a big guy. And let's just say he was a bit of a handful when he was a teenager. And he said, what are you doing now? And I said, well, I'm doing this. And then I said, well, what are you doing now? He said, oh, I, you'd be proud of me all, he said. He said, I've straightened out. And I was like, oh, wow, okay. And he said, I've got kids. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> anyway, I said, well, what are you doing at the hospital? He said, well, my daughter's really sick. I said, oh, wow. I said, can I just pray for you right now? I want to pray for your daughter. And uh, maybe I didn't give him much time to say yes, but I just, uh, I just launched. I thought, this is, this is an hour opportunity. This is for such a time as this. And so I just prayed for his daughter. And uh, I said, oh, it was so nice to meet you. And I said, I really think this was a moment, a God moment. And then... He went off, I went off. And you see, I could have just kept on my phone. But in that moment, there was something of the Spirit of God in that moment. And and as I gave my time, I mean, who knows what's happened to his daughter? But I reckon that was God. And so often, we've got two choices, haven't we? Are we going to walk past? Or are we going to actually... I reckon sometimes God tees up opportunities for us. And if we'll just give our time, we'll see the miraculous happen. Uh, I always remember I was I was in a, a music shop once, <laughs> and there was this lady, and she was like, poor lady, was like, she was like this, and I said, oh, oh I I I need this string or something, and she went. She so she like had to hobble. And I said, "Oh no, that's not that strong. It's that strong." I was like, "Oh, that's terrible!" Like this, and I, and I, I just said, "Look, I'm a Christian, and I believe in, in that God heals. Can I just pray for you?" And she thought I meant that I'd pray for her after I left the shop. So I just put my hand on her. and She was just like, oh, like this, and I said, "I just pray in the name of Jesus right now that you'll be healed." Now I'd like to say that she was, but she wasn't. It wasn't an instant healing. You see, as we take steps of faith, as we give God a time, then that's where the miraculous happens. And sometimes, you know, we pray with little faith. One of the funniest ones I'll always read, there was two actually. Um, there was a guy who used to come into the cafe at Holy Trinity. And um, let's just say he, he was filled with another spirit quite often. <laughs> And it was sometimes more than a spirit. And uh, he, he came up to me, right all oh. and I was like, Morning <laughs> and he said, I need some of that holy spirit stuff like this. And I was like, Really? <gasps> okay. So I was like, Oh no, I said, well, here goes. I said so I just prayed Holy Spirit would you come I and mean, you feel like, my goodness the Holy Spirit hit him and he was like whoa like he said it's like electric going through my body man and he said what's happening I said well, I'm not going to turn the power off now <laughs> you know what I mean but you know, when we take time God does the miraculous and it's when we walk when we walk away and I have to say I'll just be honest there are many times God's teed it up for me and I've walked away and I've looked gone back oh you just never know what God was going to do through you in that moment. So we see that Jesus takes time and he heals the sick. He, like, you know, I don't, when you've got, a, you know, your mum and dad or your friend and they're sick, you, you really want to get them healed, you know what I mean? And you're crying out and, you know, these people were in pain, they were distressed. And Jesus sees that, he has compassion on them and he takes time to heal them. And that teaches us that time is one of the biggest gifts that we can give to God. And as we give, he can do the miraculous. I always remember once I was standing on Rose Street and I had about an hour. And I said to God, you know, if you've got anything you want me to do, then you just guide me. And he said, well, what if it's longer? What are you going to do? And it really challenged me because Jesus just stopped he 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 needed that. He probably needed that time of solitude and yet he gave his time. And I'd really encourage you to watch The Chosen because it shows you in that you know what it must have been like for Jesus. This really funny minute where where he's like healing all the Satan and he and he's finished and he just comes out and going to sleep. And he just walks. I mean it's just it's hilarious. You know, Jesus got tired just like us. But what he gave was his time. And then, you know, just, just think of it. Reread the Gospels and see how often someone, you know, like, grabs him or someone shouts to say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he goes, oh, who's that? So the first thing we learn as we give our time, we can see the impossible becoming possible because we partner with God. So the second act of generosity that leads to the impossible becoming possible is only mentioned in John's Gospel. So I want to turn to John's Gospel now. In chapter 6 of verse 5, it says, When Jesus looked up and saw a great cow coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this to to test him, for he'd already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered, It would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two fish. But how far will they go among so many? And what I love about this, it teaches us that Jesus often provides us opportunities to test us, to test the heart, to test whether we're actually willing to move in faith. Because that's what he's doing here. He said, all right, what are you going to do to the disciples? Oh, my goodness just look at all these people, Jesus. There'll be more, you know, it's more likely there was about 10,000 here because they only counted the men. So there's the women and the children. I mean, it would have been a big number. But he, gives, he sometimes God will test our hearts. Say, oh, come on then. Here's an opportunity. Here it is. And we're, Or are we going to step in? And the disciples don't. Now, I don't know if the young boy heard the conversation that was going on. I mean, I'd have quite liked to have heard the, the, the conversation going on. And there's uh, Chosen have got it in, in season three, episode eight. There's, uh, it's really funny. I mean, like, Jesus is this oh, son. Go on then. And then all the disciples are going, no, no. <laughs> Look at all the people, Jesus, like this. And then this wee boy comes up. And, and it, it, it's amazing how they kind of work it all in. But his dad was healed, and it's incredible anyway. This boy offers what he has. In the moment of this, he offers Jesus five small barley loaves and two fish. And I love that. He just gives what he's got in that moment. And what's the result? Well, it's miraculous. Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in the place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted He did the same with his fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with pieces um, of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. I mean, it just shows an extravagance and abundance as this wee boy gives. I mean, like he would have never forgotten that. Jesus, used my five loaves of fish to feed like 10,000 people. And what had he done? Well, he'd just given what he had. And what, when we are in situations where we see the need and we just offer what we have, whether that's our time, our talents, our finances, it provides God the opportunity to do divine multiplication to meet the demands and do greater works than we ever could. Here's a picture of what faith looks like. The young boy offered what he'd had, and Jesus turned it into one of the greatest ever miraculous stories that's in all four Gospels. And notice, they were also given at a cost. They were in the middle of nowhere. They'd been out for a long time. They'd all been hungry. And this boy gives. He gives what he's got, and it would have cost him. He would have been hungry. And in those days, that would have been a lot of money. I think often, if we're honest, God provides an opportunity for us, and we say, hey, I could meet that. But then we allow things to get in our way. Like, I always try, and when God shows me a need, I try and act on it immediately, because I know if I don't, it will go. So it's financially, I'll try and sort it out there and then. If it's, you know, just praying for someone, I'll pray for them there and then. Because often I know if I don't, it will just slip by. So it's really important, therefore, that as we live our day-to-day lives, we keep open to the leading and the guiding and the prompting of the Holy Spirit. So that when we see that opportunity, we experience the nudging that we act upon it. And we then allow God to do the miraculous through us. Um, I always remember, I always this is a funny story, because I always remember um, I, was in, I was in Glasgow again. And uh, not all the things that I did in Glasgow, but, and I felt a bit of a fraud because I overheard these two ladies. I was in a certain uh, sandwich um, fast food chain, and I was just waiting to make my order. And these two Glaswegian ladies were having a good chinwag, and they basically were saying how, how they were both, I worked out that both of them were Christians, but n- neither of them had any peace. They were quite anxious and they were saying this to each other. And um, I was having a little talk, because I was thinking, God, it's a bit obvious what I should be praying for them, isn't it? Peace. And so, so I thought, all right, I'll just, you know, that's all I've got. Because I thought, well, I could buy them lunch, but that's not what we're going to do with, with their anxiety, which was plainly being lived out in their conversation. And so, so I waited till they went out the, the, <laughs> the, um, the shop. And then I said, I hope you don't mind. But um, I'm a Christian, at which point when they said, oh, so are we. And I was like, oh, that's great. I said, well, I just felt like, because um, I got a nudge of the Holy Spirit that I should pray for peace for them, even though I overheard what they needed. And I was a bit like, anyway, I'll go for it. And I said, well, I just believe the Holy Spirit wants to bring you peace today. Like, and they oh, isn't that lovely? Uh, I can't, can't do my glass accent. But, uh, and I said, so would it be all right if I just prayed for you now? And I just put my hands on their shoulders, and they were like, oh, okay, they were clearly not, you know, used to this kind of thing. Uh, anyway, so I just prayed for them, and I prayed that the peace of God would, tr- would just come upon them, and all the things that were making them anxious would just fall away. And I could hear one of them going, oh, 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 that's lovely, that's so nice. And you see, in that moment, that's what they needed. It was Could I have brought that peace? No, that was heaven invading earth right there. And they were just like, wow, that's amazing. I said, well, that's just God. God wanted to respond to your anxiety. Sometimes we just need to be brave. And we just need to follow the nudge of the Holy Spirit. There was a, another time um, when I used to love when we used to do healing on the streets on Princess Street. And uh, it was just amazing. We were right opposite the Balmoral Hotel. And um, we, had, we normally had four or five seats just out. We had the big healing banner. We had a bit of music playing. And um, we, we, we always knelt down on the floor to start with. And people would be like, what are they up to? And that often started a conversation. Well, anyway. Um, one day this guy came up to us and he said, oh, I just really need some prayer. Uh, and so he said, okay, what, what, what do you need prayer for? And he explained to this, this tale. And it was like, oh my goodness, it was like a country, and you're like a country in Western song. I mean, he'd lost his wife, he'd lost his job, um, I mean, he'd lost his kids, he was virtually homeless. I mean, everything that could have gone wrong had gone wrong. And this guy had been at the top of his field, so this one wasn't. You know, this guy had lost everything, and um, and so I was a bit like, "Oh, what? What do you pray for?" Yeah, God. And so he just sat himself down in the seat and kind of stuck his hands out, and I was like, I looked at the guy who was. I was like, well, "Let's just pray." So I just so I just followed the convention of, and I said, "God loves you, and we're just going to ask the Holy Spirit to fill you." And um, so we're just praying, Spirit of God, for Holy Spirit come, and. Um, and then I felt the Holy Spirit say, pray for the joy of the Lord to be a strength. Now, at this time, by this time, this guy was just weeping. And I was like, I'm not praying for him to be filled with joy. I mean, that's just not the right thing. You if someone's mourning, you don't like just say, oh, filled with joy. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, well, f- there's nothing else. So I was just like, oh, God. And so, so I said unto my breath, um, Holy Spirit, fill him with the joy of the Lord. It's like he didn't hear it all good <laughs> so within a minute this boy went from mourning and crying into laughing and I was like oh my goodness that is nothing but heaven invading earth right there and and he stood up and he said I've just encountered the Lord and he said I know now that the Lord has got everything that I need to get me through this time. And he said, do you want to go for a coffee? He said, and John Lewis said, oh, if you're paying, I'm going. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I wasn't being that generous, obviously. But um, do you know what I mean? But it was amazing to see all I offered was my obedience to the Holy Spirit. And that's sometimes all that you can offer. You just, okay, I get a sense of what the Spirit of God's doing here, and I'm just going to be obedient, and I offer that. And what happens The Spirit of God comes, and He does amazing things. And I I want to encourage us that as we are generous, as we give of our time and our talents and our finances, let's expect for God, as we place them in God's hand, for God to do the impossible, to do multiplication, kingdom multiplication, to do things that we could just never expect. You, you, when you get God involved, you never know what's going to happen. But you know it's going to be good. And so I'd really encourage you that part of living a generous life is as we give and trust God with our time and just being obedient and moving in faith, it allows God to move. God loves it when we move in faith. Why? Because it gives him an opportunity to show us more of who he is and to bring his kingdom here on earth. And so I really want to encourage you to be generous. Just be generous. Take that time when you see a need to actually stop. When you hear someone say, pray. When you see a financial need, if you've got the money, give into it. If you've got a resource that can help, be generous. And as you do so, pray and see what God does in the midst of that. And I think you may be surprised and you might be blessed by what God does. God has been so generous to us. He's given us so many things that as we seek his kingdom and his righteousness, he'll provide everything we need. But he'll also allow us to see things. We, the, the, just things that as we are generous and as we move in faith, We'll see the impossible become possible because God intervenes. So let's just pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you call us to live a radically generous life. And one of the reasons why you call us to do that is because it gives you an opportunity to do the miraculous. That as we just are obedient and we pray for people, that you bring healing or you bring transformation or you bring salvation, or as we give, Lord, that's an opportunity, whether that's of a kind word, or financially, or just something we have. Lord, we we can just never imagine the impact of what that can have in someone's life, because it gives you the opportunity to move, and to bring your kingdom. So Lord, help us Help us to be generous. And Lord, I want to pray for opportunities this week. Help us to see the needs, to feel the nudges of you, Holy Spirit, so that we can play our part. And in playing our part, it allows you to play your part and bring impossible things to happen here on earth. So come, Holy Spirit. Just give us a fresh hunger for you, a fresh hunger to see heaven invade. Lord, let faith arise in this room. Give us a new fresh sensitivity to your leading and your guiding, Holy Spirit. Lord, give us the gift of compassion, though that we, we might be in a, in a rush, we might be in the midst of going somewhere, we might be in the midst of doing something. And someone comes up and we see the need. And help us not to to walk by, but to see that as an opportunity. So come, Holy Spirit, give us just a desire to live for you. And in living for you, seeing your kingdom come here on earth. Lord, unsettle us a bit this week, we pray. Lord, you you tested your disciples. You gave them opportunities. And here they were like, "Mm." but the little boy, he stood up and he gave what he had. Help us to respond by giving what you've given us this week. And we ask this in Jesus' name.